Hello, and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I'm your host, James, and today we are going over the episode The Nest Hats Craze. Apparently, the title has pluralized the hats. I thought it was just a singular hat. Um, we'll get into why that might be plural or singular a bit later, or maybe not. It depends. Because this episode's a doozy. (laughs) Okay, let's just keep it going. So, uh, in Blythe's room, Blythe is set up a bunch of origami versions of the pets on her bed. And I learned how origami is spelled. It's not origami as in ora, 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 ora. But origami, like ori in the blind forest. So you can take that to the bank if you want. So anyway, the pets come up through the dumbwaiter... You know, I was wondering how, but A, they did that in the first episode, and B, Dumb Dumb Waiter happened, mainly due to Blythe being in the elevator with most of the pets, because, well, as the title of the show suggests, they are the littlest pets. Although, again, that is referring to the shop, although all of the pets in the show are little, regardless of if they go to the littlest pet shop or the largest Ever pet shop. Man, we're not even into the parts where it gets weird proper in the episode. So, uh, they wonder what the origami is, and Blythe explains it. Zoe says that they should wear them like hats. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Why... Is that foreshadowing? Is that foreshadowing? Holy crap. Did did the writers do something clever with something stupid in hand? That's that's the theme of this episode. Cleverness adjoined to stupidness. Uh god. God. This is um this is gonna be fun. Ah, uh, ah, uh, goodness. So, uh, she says that everyone looks good in a hat, but then looks at Sunil, and Sunil's looking a bit derpy on his part, and revises her statement. Vinny is wondering where his origami. Is it a statue? I don't think it's a statue in origami. I think it's just an origami. Uh, I've It's like f- three and a half minutes in and like I'm already rambling. So whatever. Vinny's wondering where his origami is, but it turns out Russell sat on it and uh, he gives it back to Vinny. And uh, just kind of scoots off. Blythe checks her phone and says uh, she's going to be late. 
But Penny Ling says that she just got there, and then she tells the pets she's going to an outdoor fashion show sponsored by the morning show. Wake up, people! Which makes me wonder how early in the morning is it? Because, like, those morning shows usually come on at 7 where I am. Although I am in Central Time, so maybe it's at, like, Eight in the morning where they are. You know, I never realized that until I talk about it, you know? And that's also a really aggressive uh, title for your morning show. Like, morning shows are supposed to, like, ease you into it, but, like, at eight in the morning... Uh, this show is just encouraging you to wake up. Like, you're not awake at 8 in the morning. I guess if you're at, like, 7, 6, or 5, like you would be in Central Mountain and um, Pacific? And then 4 in Alaska time, and then 3 in Hawaii time. Uh... I don't... How how does that work? Like, they have to be delayed. Otherwise, like, Saturday Night Live would be, like, at, like, 6 p.m. on a Saturday. So it's not Saturday night. It's Saturday evening. I keep... I, uh, this has confused me for so long. I don't... I don't know what, what it is. So... Aggressive title. Got that out of the way. Meanwhile, Zoe is intrigued and wants to go and kind of asks in a roundabout way. Like, she doesn't actually ask. She says, oh, I wouldn't want to go alone. I would want to bring a friend. And then Blythe asks her and Zoe jumps in her bag. And agrees to it. Because, like, they, they know what's up. So, then the opening happens. Cripes. We've got six minutes of content before the opening. This is going to be a long, long episode. <laughs> so, they're at the outdoor walkway. And they're at the front of the barricade. Barricade, also spelled not the way I thought it was. And again, it's me placing an A where an I is. So it's barricade and not barricade. So, yeah. Yeah, and when I was writing this down, I thought this was going to be the thing of the episode, but nope. Nope, we're we're gonna get to it. We're gonna get well, I don't know what we're gonna get to, but there's a lot more to this episode than just me mixing up A's and I's. So uh there Zoe says maybe I'll be discovered by being on camera on a national morning show. This still confuses the heck out of me. Like you went uh, 
I will try to get through this. I will try to get through this without mentioning live TV and time zones once more. Okay. Okay. So, Blythe points out the host of the show, Jenny Hughes. Jenny. Now, I am thorough when it comes to stuff like this. So, I looked on the Harry Potter wiki and only found one person in canon that has a last name of Hughes. We don't know their first name because it's on, like, a truck. Like, advertising Walker and Hughes, like, a product of theirs or, like, a food thing. I kind of forgot at this point. And that was in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban? The movie? So... Yeah, I don't... Maybe? Like, I I want to say that theory is bunk, because that's, like, the only mention. But, like... Like, as we established, there are two Aunt Christies. One in the universe of the show, where she's just a mutant, and one in this universe, where she's... The Queen of Darkness? All hail. So, maybe it's just a very alternative universe where that happens. <laughs> like a very alternative universe. Like, like one of those universes that you can't even fathom. Like... A universe where cupcakes are the main species instead of humans. Or a universe where my friend Jean likes this show. <laughs> anyway. So, I'm putting a solid maybe with a side of no on it just, just to be safe. So, uh... <laughs> uh Oh, God. So, the pets and Mrs. Tomley are watching from the shop. And Jenny, I will point out, she has red hair. I actually considered this. Healthy side of no is speaking to me at this point. But, you know... It's really convincing. Uh, oh. Uh. Okay, yeah, no, there's there's just a lot of craziness in this episode. But it's all, like, bouncing from one thing to another. Instead of just, like, being super duper crazy at, like, bursts, like in, um, Blythe's Pet Project. So, so we find out that Ginny 
is unveiling a new line from designer <sighs> Yandsay. Uh, I don't. What the? Uh, uh, I'm not. Is 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 this supposed to be a Beyonce reference, or is this like a fashion thing I'm missing? Uh, I don't know. No, it was not Yandse. It's Yadonse. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't, uh, like, it's also spelled really weird, too, in the subtitles, which I put up to get Ginny's name, uh, uh, and it's spelled, uh, Y-A-D-O-N apostrophe S-A-Y apostrophe. I don't, uh, like, yeah, no, no, just, just, just do it. Just do it, me. I can do this. Uh, this is, this is hard, though. Because, like, we're, we're not even, like, a good six minutes into the episode, and we're already, like, 13 and a half minutes into this. So... Before she introduces Yadonse's new uh, line, Ginny wants to walk the line and talk to some people in the crowd about their style. So she walks up to a person wearing a giant 1700s pre-revolution French wig. Ginny asks her about it and asks her if she knows what decade, not decade, century it is. And before the wearer can say anything, the wig gets to be top heavy and she falls over. And Ginny just casually steps over her and just calmly calls it a fashion flop. Like, she didn't just walk over someone. Uh, oh, we're not even into the real craziness yet. Okay. So, Blythe and Zoe are excited that Ginny is making her way towards them. And Blythe prepares herself. But, at that moment, the Biscuit Twins rush in and push her away from the crowd and against a tree that's like maybe 10 feet away and Blaith hits the tree so hard it knocks a nest that was in the tree out and it lands on Blythe's head. So now I'm thinking that the biscuits have super speed on top of all of their other powers. Because that was like a flash move where they just burst in fast and 
push her using the speed so she goes very far. That like that's how fast they come in. It was like instantly and like push. And she hits a tree without touching the ground first. She hits a tree that's like 10 feet away. These twins are powerful. Why is no one coming after them? I think Magneto's not coming after them based on uh, their attitude and how like they might not be compatible with Magneto. But like, why isn't anyone else who wants a powerful mutant coming to snatch these two up? They'll, they'll solve any of your math problems for you if you're working on a machine. You just gotta have both of them. And don't give one of them polyester. Anyway, Blythe is worried about her phone, which she dropped back in the crowd. And then Brittany steps on it, and they both say, oops. So Ginny comes over to interview them, and they say that she must have heard of them when they introduce themselves. Ginny says that she hasn't and asks them to describe their twinsy style. And they explain that they only wear high-priced luxury clothing that people only dream of wearing. They ask if she's impressed, and Ginny is not. Ginny, Ginny is stone cold. Like, she would be a good host on, like, a fashion show. But, you know, she's a morning person. Who gently encourages you to wake up, people! Anyway. Uh, Ginny says that fashion is about being bold rather than sticking to the crowd. And she points to Blythe and calls that bold. Mrs. Twombly, back at the shop, loves the fact that Blythe is on national television, even though I believe this is her third appearance on national television. There is So You Skink You Can Dance and Terriers and Tiaras before this. This is number three, as far as I can remember. So, Ginny then invites Blythe over to talk about the nest on her head. Blythe tries explaining... That is just a nest that fell on her head. But Ginny thinks it's a brand new fashion choice thing. It's bold. It's hip. It's it's something. So then she invites Yadon Say to judge it. And she gives it a thumbs up. She doesn't speak. She gives it a thumbs up. So Jenny says that Blythe has a pop diva approval and says that the nest hat craze is beginning. So this is what I meant from like the plural versus singular earlier. I thought it was just a nest hat craze. Because, like, you can only wear one at a time, presumably. 
And this is also the foreshadowing that uh, happened when Zoe suggested wearing origami as hats. Now, I thought that was just a delightful thing, but nope. Nope, just putting strange things on your head like becomes the thing of this episode. Like, just the thing of this episode. <laughs> so, several people who are watching at a restaurant rush out to a park. Now, there's like a park worker raking up leaves and sticks and stuff. And the crowd rushes, picks them all up, and they start fashioning their own nest hats. Meanwhile, the birds are looking at them and wondering, what are they doing? Why are they making nests? They're people. They don't need to make nests. I, I don't know what voice this is. It might be offensive. <laughs> now that I'm saying it, but I'm still doing it for some reason. I need to stop. So... Blythe walks back into the shop and tells Mrs. Tomley her morning was crazy. Tomley knows since she was watching, and she made her own nest hat out of some bird feathers and a bird cage. Blythe and Zoe are unimpressed, and while Zoe doesn't hide it, Blythe gently hides it and reassures her that it's very Mrs. Tomley. So then... A little bit later, Zoe's telling the pets the story, and they say they saw it on TV and just really want to see the hat up close. So Blythe takes it off and sets it down. The pets gasp, and Blythe and the pets see that there is an egg in the nest. So, like Dark Souls before it, the real craziness starts here. So Blythe is really worried about the mama bird whose egg she has. So she leaves the egg behind with the pets and goes out in search of the mama bird. She said she would bring that egg, but she didn't want to risk... um breaking it but she is gonna wear the nest hat so that maybe the mama bird will realize hey that's my nest so she leaves and uh Vinny is confused by her choice to leave the egg with them and pepper remarks it makes about as much sense as wearing a nest on her head so, let's, let's do a better job at hanging that lampshade, shall we? This is such a weird setup. Like, it's a weird, weird setup. And the fact that they acknowledge it as being weird is even weirder. Because they say it's weird, but they just do it anyway. They just... They call it out for being crazy, but just go with it. That is quintessential Littlest Pet Shop. That 
right there is the exact thing that made me want to do this podcast. This whole thing of it's crazy, but we know it's crazy. Is just like, why is that such a big facet of the show? Because like, like that they know that leaving the egg behind with the animals is going to result in hijinks. They know that wearing the nest hat is silly and not really that fashionable. Or maybe it is fashionable. Well, it's not all that fashionable, as we'll see by the end of this episode. But you get my point. So, now that we've established we're standing on level ground, but the level ground is made out of, like, bouncy castle material, let's continue. So, just as Blythe is about to leave, the Biscuits walk in and scare Blythe. The Biscuits explain that... They were telling the story of how they broke Blythe's phone to her dad. And they think it's a joke because they're evil, evil people. But their dad didn't see it as funny. And uh, asked them to get her a new phone. But... When they asked for money to do so, their dad said they needed to work it off. How? How and why? Like, how how do you work off a phone? Well, the Biscuits try fishing for ideas from Blythe. But then Mrs. Tromley comes in, and she's talking on a phone. And then when she gets off, she tells Blythe that was another call from the media, or a person from the media, calling to ask about the nest hat. Blythe is confused, and Tromley says that they've been calling and lets out a bunch of messages from her hat. How how do they know Blythe is here at the Littlest Pet Shop. Did they follow Blythe? I don't think that was the case, but it's weird that they know where she is. That's That never gets explained. Like, that's the only weird part that's truly weird, and that's even weirder. Because, like, a lot of the other weirdness is weirdness explained. Uh, like, th- there's, a, there's a reason for the weirdness. A method to the madness. Like, the nest hat fell on Blythe, and it looks like a hat. Blythe doesn't want to break the egg in her travels. So she gives it to the pets for safekeeping. The Blythe wants to get the mama bird's attention, so maybe I'll wear this nest hat to get her attention. Because it's her nest. 
There's a reason for everything except this. And that's... That's something. I guess maybe they did follow her, but they never specify. Because this is also a, a thing for this episode to continue. Because the Biscuits decide to use this to their advantage and become Blythe's PR people. Blythe calls them out on them being supposedly good at PR. But uh, the Biscuits say they know what they're doing and then force her to take all of these meetings Blythe doesn't want to. So the Biscuits drag Blythe into their limo and they go to various events such as an opening of something with the mayor... The mayor, by the way, is actually the Monopoly guy. Like, no fooling. Honest to goodness, 100% the Monopoly guy. Why is he the mayor? I could, honestly, if this were any other episode, I could probably go into this more. But, like, we're still not even at some of the crazier bits yet. So, he replaces his top hat with a nest version of the top hat. And then they go to, like, a different runway or the same runway or something. And Blythe walks out on the runway and everyone cheers. But when the Biscuits try with um, their own nest hats by taking some nest hats from some other models, everyone just boos at them because they can't pull it off. And we'll know why in the next scene where Blythe is on, like, a show that's hosted by not Martha Stewart. She looks very much like Martha Stewart, but they don't say her name. So, I might be Martha Stewart. It, like, Martha Stewart might have emigrated from, like, New York to downtown city when that split happened. Or maybe she was advocating it from the start. Who knows? This is such a wild and crazy story that I am weaving. And honestly, I'm not even sure if it's crazier than uh, what happens in this episode. Uh, not Martha Stewart uh, has her own nest hat made out of um, like paper clippings. And then she points out that not everyone can pull it off. And points to the Biscuits who are wearing neon green and neon pink versions of nest hats. Upside down, mind you. And Not Martha says you should only try it if you're a down-to-earth person and not a manufactured buy-me-toy thing. 
I did mention the Biscuit's nest hats are upside down. The traditional nest hat is worn, you know, with the inward part of the nest facing up. But they have their inward part of the nest facing down. So that's another way they're not in touch with it. It's a manufactured, unnatural, upside down nest hat um i'm just glad i'm not tired for this episode and decided to do this at a reasonable time although this is about the time where i started recording last week so whatever things might go off the rails even harder because i'm gonna get tired soon so Blythe wants to go outside but not Martha Stewart won't let her so then we see like a bunch of posters and billboards and stuff for Nest Hats and even Nest Hat the movie now in theaters that is a very very quick turnaround or someone is super clairvoyant and just filmed it in secret until now because this episode takes place within the same day within the same day we'll get confirmation later but just trust me now so at the shop uh russell says that they need to keep the egg warm and he has the egg on this like big pile of blankets toys and cushions and stuff and it's really big He asks for volunteers to come and sit on the egg. And then Minka just jumps up and sits on it, but moves around too much. Minnie says that you need to stay still and tries it himself. Russell says the egg is still cold, and Minnie says that he's not warm-blooded. So Russell shoes him off and asks Sunil to try. But Sunil is too scared of cracking the egg to do so and backs down so russell decides that he should be the one to sit on the egg and says he has the perfect egg sitting thing called the hedgehog hug where he just hugs the egg and that's probably the best way for that but russell has a very like superior tone so eh. so then Zoe walks by the pile and finds her mailman shoe toy in the pile and takes it which causes the pile to collapse the second time this season that a tall object has collapsed in the littlest pet shop <laughs> okay so when the thing falls the pets are worried about the egg but the egg is safe then the egg hatches and russell helps the hatchling walk a bit and then the hatchling calls russell mama russell is surprised by that and so is everyone else but they find it a bit more endearing or maybe russell finds it endearing as well i don't I don't know. 
I don't know. So, anyway. At a studio, Blythe is complaining to the Biscuits how she wants to leave and that their last television appearance would be the last television appearance. But now they have this television appearance. And uh, the Biscuits are like, no, we need you to stay because we're trying to ride the coattails of your fame. And also, we originated the nest hack craze by pushing you into the tree and letting that nest fall on you. But when Blythe asks how that's going for them, the Biscuits answer with not great. That's a little later in the episode, but it's in the same scene. So the Biscuits, like, pin her down so that she doesn't leave. Like, I guess that's another mutant power because, like, Blythe is a little more athletic than them. Like, they they sit out at gym class. Like, they don't, they don't do exercise that much. They hate walking. They teleport everywhere. I guess that's why they don't use super speed as much, because they A, can teleport, and B, don't like walking. But, like, they have enough strength to pin Blythe, and then... Blythe wants to leave, but the Biscuit says they'll do the opposite of what she says. But when Blythe tries some double negative stuff, it backfires. Blythe tries to leave again, but the Biscuits interrupt her and keep forcing her to be famous because they want that kind of fame. So, I am going to point it out that all three times Blythe has been on national television have been... Terrible for Blythe. So you skink, you can dance. She was forced onto that show. Terriers and tiaras. Uh, she became evil. Uh, nest hat craze. Uh, nest hats craze. Sorry. Uh, uh, she's being pushed around by the biscuits. Uh, whatever. So then a TV assistant comes in and asks if Blythe wants anything. Blythe tries to say no, but the Biscuits shut her up and start making demands on her behalf. So they start by actually getting Blythe a new phone, which is a moral gray area, because, like, they're doing what they were supposed to do, but in the most underhanded way ever. So... (laughs) Back at the pet shop, uh, the pets ask what Russell's going to name the hatchling, and he names it Hubble. Okay, something I don't have in my notes, but something I want to talk about a bit. They say Hubble is a boy, but there's no confirmation on that, which I guess means Hubble is a boy... But, like, I wouldn't know how to confirm it. And I guess the writers didn't either, so they just opted out of confirming it. So, there's that. 
And uh, Russell then wants to teach Hubble how to fly, but Penny Ling says that's not a very good idea, which I'll agree with. Russell, sometimes the ideas you come up with aren't great. Like, you even came up with the idea to to just run away with the truck again. You are never living that down. That is... That is by far the stupidest thing that you have suggested. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of a sea of stupidity right here. So then Russell is uh, determined to teach Hubble how to fly. So he tries to demonstrate it. So Russell flaps his arms and just walks around. And then trips and falls over something. He then talks to Hubble by saying, Now, well, I didn't fly. You will fly. And, um, I'm confused here because Hubble is not even a day old and you're trying to reason with him and use logic. Like, Hubble is a baby, Russell. You can't reason with a baby. Babies don't know reason. Like, they just have their, like, instincts to go off of. Like, they they know what they need and how to get it. Uh, but... But apparently this works. Apparently you can reason with baby birds. And Hubble tries to fly. And he gets off the ground for a bit. But then uh, doesn't fly for too long. And then starts crying. So Russell tries to nurture Hubble. But Hubble only cries even more. Vinny says that Hubble might be hungry, and Hubble seems to agree with that. And then Russell's stomach growls and says that Hubble's not the only one who's hungry, and says that it's time to eat. I guess reason is something that baby birds have. I don't think they should or actually do. So then... Oh boy. Oh boy, this scene. So back at the studio, the Biscuits are enjoying all of the stuff they got with Blythe's credits, as it were. They like the fact that they've turned Blythe into a demanding diva. But then go on to say it's a shame that the real Blythe has gone psycho. So, how did they determine psycho? The the Biscuit Twins, the most evil people on the show, probably. Well, we, we pan to see Blythe tied up in a chair... And shouting at the biscuits about how if that mama bird does not find her egg, she will hold them responsible. Blythe is trying to do a good thing, but the biscuits are just not letting her and have tied her up. 
Oh, God. Oh, God. And the Biscuit's response to that is, and I quote, If you didn't want to be held against your will, you shouldn't have become famous. Oh, Jesus, Louisa. What... What are we going to do with you, Biscuits? What are we going to do? So then, uh, after a commercial break, I, I say this because like, we're in the same set, but a little bit of time has passed. The assistant comes back with smoothies, and the Biscuits take them. We see Blythe's chair being covered with like a blanket... And then the biscuits demand Yak's milk yogurt and the assistant is panicking. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get that. So, uh, when the assistant goes to get it, the biscuits talk to themselves and say they don't even like Yak's milk yogurt. It's just fun to see an assistant run around. They are literally the worst. Literally the worst in this show. That is just terrible, 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 horrible, awful. No, you are, you are terrible. So they offer Blythe her smoothie, but Blythe doesn't want it, and is filled with righteous anger and struggles and breaks out of her chair and then makes her way to the door. So, how is she outrunning the biscuits who we demonstrated earlier had super speed and super strength? Well, I have two ways of thinking about this. One... Those are a one-time use per day, which is a little eh, but two, the one that has more solid evidence, is as follows. Blythe's lingering biscuit has been turned into a positive energy source that makes her more pure and strong in the face of evil rather than absorbing and becoming evil herself. So she still has to be surrounded by really evil people to trigger it, but she gets the powers of the evil people without turning evil herself, which is why she can break out of the chair. Like, the chair breaks into several pieces, like like that rod in uh, King's Quest V, and manage to outrun the biscuits who earlier that day Flash pushed her into a tree and started this whole thing off. Like, they say the the real originators of the Nest Hat craze, but they're the originators of the Nest Hat craze. Like, King George III is the originator of America. So, there's that. Like, if I were to call that anything, I would, I'd go with the term purified biscuit. 
So, Blythe has a bunch of purified biscuit energy in her that only reacts when in the face of evil and she gets evil's powers and uses it against them. Which is amazing. And I love it. (laughs) So, Blythe runs past the assistant who says she has the yak's milk yogurt. And the biscuits are following Blythe, carrying all the, like, stuff that they got in the name of Blythe. And then they take the yogurt, but they trip and fall and spill the yogurt on themselves. So you could say those are their just desserts. (laughs) Anyway. Now, at the shop... Russell tries to show Hubble how to eat, but Russell's doing it like a hedgehog would eat. Hubble tries to eat like Russell, but Sunil knocks it out, saying that that's not how birds are fed. Russell asks how he knows that, and Sunil says he found a book about it. Russell asks how it's done, but Sunil will not show it to him because he thinks Russell will say it's gross. Russell says that he's a guy, and nothing grosses guys out, right? Right? Wrong. Wrong. They're completely wrong. There are tons of things that gross a guy out, usually. (laughs) Anyway, Sunil hands it to him, and Russell looks at it, and does say it's gross. And Sunil's like, told you. And Russell says he won't do it. Like, come on, Russell. You're supposed to be a mama. Just be a mama. So Penny Ling and Minka bring over a seed bell. And Russell says that's a great idea. So Russell tries to show Hubble what to do by, like, pecking on the seed bell. But he does that with his, like, nose. But Hubble isn't having it. Like, I guess Hubble doesn't want to eat seeds. So Russell tries some different ways to get Hubble to eat the seeds. But Hubble will not eat those seeds. And Russell then just bursts into tears and says that he's a bad mom. Which, I mean, makes him a little more humble, I guess. I don't know, Russell's kind of has a superiority complex, but sometimes it gets pushed down. So, Blythe leaves the building the studio's in and is shocked to see birds attacking people with uh, nest hats. And then Blythe puts away her nest hat and the biscuit demand that she get back on TV. Blythe points to the pandemonium and says that she can't do it with good conscience. The biscuits don't understand why this is the case. And, uh, like, they just don't get why this is, like, a problem, I guess. Because it's not happening to them. So, uh, 
so Blythe takes the phone the biscuits got her, records a video of the chaos, and sends it to the internet. So the internet sees this, and everyone discards their nest hats. So now we get to know a little bit of the fa- of a facet of this universe. When Blythe says, according to the Chirperverse, the nest hat craze is officially over. Or maybe it's nest hats craze, like the title. Man, this is confusing. Oh boy. So, yeah, Chirper, I guess, is the Twitter substitute of this show. Just pointing that out. I'm not going to theorize how or why. Actually, you know what? I am. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring that solid maybe back from earlier and say this is like a far off universe where Twitter just called itself Chirper. You know what? But that's that's where I'm leaving that. Just pointing it out. Probably the least crazy thing this episode. So... Once everyone has their nest hats discarded, Blythe sees the birds picking up the nests and putting them in trees. And Blythe realizes that the birds just want to sit at the nests and not really attack anyone. She says, isn't nature amazing? But the biscuits aren't impressed. So they take the stuff they got and leave Blythe to her nature. So Blythe takes the nest and Russell and Hubble back to the nest. Blythe puts Hubble in the nest and the mama bird, with a human hairstyle, like an actual human hairstyle. So continuing evidence that birds are the latest to get this human-like evolution and the human-like evolution is speeding up each animal that gets it. Like, she has a very human hairstyle, even though she's a bird and has feathers. Comes to it. So, she begins feeding Hubble an actual worm, and unlike a seed from before, Russell says that he does not want to look. Uh... But then once uh, Hubble is done being fed, Russell asks to say goodbye to Hubble and uh, asks Blythe for a lift. Russell says goodbye and that he will never forget Hubble. Hubble then brushes against Russell and says his name, which touches Russell's heart. Then the mama bird flies and Hubble trails along, bobbing and bobbing along. So Russell and Blythe talk about how Russell and Hubble will never forget each other. And Blythe says, you're pretty hard to forget. And then the episode ends when someone points to Blythe and says, what an outrageous look, a hedgehog hat. Blythe runs away from the people who want to inquire about the hedgehog on her head. And... That's uh, that's the episode now. Yay! Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, is this a very weird episode. Like, 
a lot of strange, strange things happen in it. And honestly, almost too many things strange happen in it. And it's a bit overwhelming to deal with, especially if you have to talk about it for an extended period of time. Although, it is a bit shorter than I thought it was going to be. And I'm just going to cap it off here, because I can't say anything more than it's weird. So, this will be it for this episode of The Littlest Petcast. Be sure to leave your comments, ratings, and reviews on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when they want to catch in on the latest fashion craze and just stick something on their head. And tune in next time for the episode Eight Arms to Hold You. I will see you then.